Many marriages are being destroyed by domestic abuse, infidelity, oppression on the job and in the home. Somewhere along the line, married couples seem to have lost focus and strayed away from what God created. I'm here to tell you, it's really not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be, be this way. This way. 
show. Shabbat Shalom, Israel Shabbat Shalom. This is Captain Abadiyahu, and to my right, this is Brother Azariah, and we are with Holy Saints and Apostles Nashville of the Nation of Yasharala. Today's class is entitled, Am Are We in Holy Matrimony? Are We in Holy Matrimony? We're going to start this class off in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. The book of Genesis, chapter 1 and verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. So the Lord says, let us make man in our image. This is the first clue that we have of what the Lord looks like. I want to be very clear. It's been geographically. It's been historically. It's been archaeologically. And it is biblically proven. That the Lord is black. So when the Bible says that man was created in his image, that image was the black image. Read on, brother. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, this likeness is going into character. For example, you can have some children like my daughter. My daughter looks like me, but I believe she acts like her mother. You have, you have certain people who look like a person, but they may not act like them. When the Bible says, when the Bible says in our image and in our likeness, image is what he looks like. Likeness is what he acts like. Read on. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea mm -hmm. and over the fowl of the air mm -hmm. and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, I want to be clear when I say this. The Bible says, and let them. When the Bible talks about this dominion in the earth, it would be the human species that would have the dominion in the earth. Both male and female would have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. However, in that dual dominion, there is a hierarchy of dominion. And we have to understand that. A lot of times, some brothers have a problem with it, but mainly sisters have a problem with the fact that man and woman, unlike the United States Constitution, were not created with equal purpose. They may have been created equally, but they were not created with equal purpose and responsibility. All right, read on. Verse 27. Mm -hmm. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Mm -hmm. Male and female created he them. All right, read on. And God blessed them. Mm -hmm. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea 
and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So when the Bible says the word replenish, it's talking about refilling, restocking, reloading. It was man's responsibility to replenish the earth. You know what that means? There should not be more animals than there are humans. We were tasked with the responsibility of replenishing the earth. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Book of Genesis, chapter 2 and verse 7. Mm -hmm. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So now we have clue number two as to what a man would look like. If you were to take dust, particularly dust from this region of the earth, you would discover that that dirt would have been brown or dark. Now, with that being said, the Bible says, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Jump down to verse 18. Verse 18. Mm -hmm. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Mm -hmm. I will make him and help me for him. The Bible says it is not good. So after everything was created, the Lord said it is not good for man should be alone it's not good that the man should be alone i will make him and help me i will make him a suitable a proper a good mate now read on read verse 19 and out of the ground the lord god formed every beast of the field mm -hmm. and every fowl of the air and brought them unto adam to see what he would call them mm -hmm. and whatsoever adam called every living creature that was the name thereof. Now, here's what's interesting. Verse 18 says, the Lord says, it's not good that Adam should be alone. But in verse 19, it appears that God is now proving whether or not Adam has the ability to lead what the Lord wants to create for him. The Bible says that I, the Bible says and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. God didn't give Adam the name. He let Adam have a job and allowed him to, and, and allowed him to perform it and see if he could actually do the job in which the Lord gave him. What am I saying? What I'm saying is there are so many brothers that want a wife, but don't know what it means to be a righteous husband. Don't know what it means to be a righteous man or a righteous Israelite. But yet you want to be responsible for another individual. Even Adam didn't get a wife before responsibility. Read on. Verse 20. And Adam gave names to all, to all cattle, and mm -hmm. to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. All right, read on. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs... And closed up the flesh instead thereof. Mm -hmm. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto the man. All right. Real. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Read on. Read down to 25. All right. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. All right. Now, there's a lot I want to unpack in these 
in these few scriptures here. First thing I want to I want us to acknowledge. There's a doctrine out there that Adam was asleep the entire time and Adam was not aware that Eve was his wife. That is false doctrine. When the Bible says in verse 23, and Adam said, Adam was not sleep talking. Adam was awake, aware, and cognitive of what the Lord had done for him. Number two, man and woman are a unit. They are technically one organism divided into two. Man was never designed to live without woman and vice versa. How do we know that? Because the woman doesn't come from the exterior of man. The woman comes from the interior of man. The Bible says he took a rib from Adam, which means that all along Adam was carrying the woman without knowing he was. Which means that all along, Adam had the ability to provide, to care, to nurture, to lead a woman. Because this woman was within him the entire time. Now, why am I saying that? Because, and we're going to deal with it here in a little bit. Marriages are not designed to be broken. A marriage is a covenant. It was never designed to be separated because to separate yourself in marriage is to separate a part of yourself. All right. Now, another thing I want to deal with here is the Bible says in verse 24, we're talking about responsibility. So in verse 19, God proves to see whether he had responsibility. In verse 24, Adam says, therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother? And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Adam is distinct in saying, as a husband, I am responsible for caring for my wife. Not her mother, not her father, not her uncles, not her brother. It is I. Why? Because she is me. We are one flesh. If I don't eat, she don't eat. Because I can't feed, I can't not feed myself. That's the mentality. Whatever I'm going to do for me, I have to do for her. That is what Adam is saying. The last thing I want to acknowledge in verse 25, the Bible says, and they were both naked. The man and his wife were not ashamed. Eve was never intended to be a girlfriend. She was never intended to be a side chick. She was never intended to be a boo thing. The Bible says she was created to be a help meet. She was created with the distinct purpose of being a wife, of bearing the standard of her husband's vocation, of being worthy of what her husband was called to do. Some of y'all pick bad choices in wives. Moving on. The book of Tobit, chapter 8 and verse 15. If you don't know where Tobit is, it's not not very nice book. You have that book with you, brother. Very nice book. Looks just like that. You can get it on Amazon for $9.99. It's called the Apocrypha. In that book is some very wonderful wisdom. I, w- I would highly suggest you buy that. One of these days, Amazon is going to pay me. I believe it. Tobit chapter 8 and verse 15, brother. 
the book of Tobit, chapter 8 and verse 15. Then Ragel mm -hmm. praised God and said, O God, thou art worthy to be praised with all pure and holy praise. Mm -hmm. Therefore, let thy saints praise thee with all thy creatures. And let all thine angels and all thine elect praise thee forever. Verse 16. Thou art to be praised, for thou art has made me joyful. And that has not come to me, which I suspected. But thou hast dealt with us according to thy great mercy. Now, one of the things I wanted to point out here is Regal was delighted and grateful about his marriage. Marriage is not a curse. Marriage is not a disease. Marriage is not a contentious situation between two people. Marriage is honorable. That's what the Bible says. Marriage is honorable. But a honorable marriage will never be had by dishonorable people. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 25. We're going to move as as a great role model of mine, Joe Clark, would say, expeditiously through the next couple of portions of scripture. Read that, brother. Book of Proverbs chapter six and verse twenty five. Mm -hmm. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. Mm -hmm. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids. A wife is not taken or given for the intention of fulfilling your lust. You do not get married. You do not get married to fulfill your sexual desires. You do not get married to have a continual satisfying source. I'm really behaving right now. <laughs> you get married for the purpose of furthering the purpose of the Lord in your life. That is why you get married. Number one, we as Israelites have the commandment to be fruitful and multiply. Number two, we have the commandment to help wake up our nation. Furthermore, we are responsible for making sure that we are doing the will of the Lord in this earth. You can't get married just because somebody looks good. Let me give you a news flash. Just in case you never saw a commercial. You get old. You get wrinkled. Stuff starts sagging. Stuff don't pick up. Stuff don't work like it used to. And at the end of the day, the only thing that you are going to have left is a smile and personality. And hopefully communication if by the time you get to old age, you are still able to talk. Oh, how the mind will wonder what sex was 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> All right, moving on. I want to talk for a few moments uh, about how do we get into marriages? How do we get into marriages? Now, I'm not going to deal with um, the, the overwhelming false doctrinal aspect that sex is marriage that's a lie that's false doctrine but what i am going to prove is that there is a process called a betrothal 
We're going to talk about that. Read that definition, brother. All right. The definition of betrothed. One, to contract to anyone in order to a future marriage, to promise or pledge one to be the future spouse of another, to affiance, the father betroths his daughter. So the first definition of betrothal is a contract to an individual in order to a future marriage to promise or pledge to be the future spouse of another. Read the second definition, brother. All right. Second, to contract with one for a future spouse to a spouse as a man betroths a lady. So a father would betroth his daughter. He would agree ahead of time. My daughter's going to marry this individual. A man would agree to the betrothal by saying, I am going to marry that woman. A betrothal is a covenant. Read that definition, brother. Covenant. Covenant is a solemn binding arrangement between two parties and entails a variety of responsibilities, benefits, and penalties depending on the specific covenant which is being studied. The Lord, at the beginning of creation, betrothed Israel to Yahawashai. The Bible, as a matter of fact, calls the church the bride of Christ. Now, in this marriage between the church and Christ, there is a thing called a covenant. That covenant is the commandments. Let me make this clear. When Yahawashai died, let me, let me slow down because I want to make sure this comes across clear. Before Yahawashai, nope, that's right. Yahawashai was already purposed to die, but let me make this clear. The Lord gave Israel the law. Israel said, all that you have said, Moses, we will agree and obey. Mm -hmm. We're going to live by those terms. The Lord said, you do it, I'm going to bless you. You don't do That's it, right. I'm going to curse you. Read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. The Lord made a covenant with us. That covenant was two-sided. We had a part of the agreement. The Lord had a part of the agreement. That covenant has not yet been fully fulfilled. Because the redeeming of that covenant has not happened yet because our redeemer has not come yet. Christ, our covenant up. keeper, our groom, our husband has not come to take of his bride from his father's house. We are Bring still in the hand of our father, whom is the Lord. Our husband has gone to prepare a home for us so that we, the bride, have a place to live under his submission, under his rulership in perfect and complete submission. Now, when Yahawashai died, he sealed that covenant, saying to us, now that I am dead, there should be no doubt that I am coming back for my bride. I am coming back for the people who lived according to my sacrifice. 
who lived according to my covenant, who did not take my sacrifice in vain. So what Yahawashai did was he put some responsibilities on those covenant keepers. He gave us some benefits to being a covenant keeper. He also included some penalties when we don't want to keep this covenant. If, I'm going to deal with it, if sex was marriage because you broke a hymen and there was blood, two-thirds of Israel would not fall away because the blood of Christ technically was slain before Israel ever committed a sin. So what I'm saying is, if blood, if a blood covenant was the only thing that made you married, there was no need for a written agreement to be made. There was no need for a a tangible document, a tangible written source. Then when the Lord returns, not some of Israel, not two thirds of Israel, you wicked hellions in israel as well as the rest of us righteous ones are going to be with christ but we know that is not the point because christ says he's coming back for a church without spot or a wrinkle those who are going to keep his commandments in earnest so this idea that just because a little blood was shed that now all of a sudden you are bound without agreement. And if we really want to be clear, most of y'all ain't virgins, which means you are just like the woman in John chapter 8. Use a hoe. Well, and you are a bastard husband because you have so many wives. The question ought not, your statement ought not be, you are my wife. Your state, the woman should be asking which one. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, I don't want to be one because you so lousy, you ain't taking care of the rest of them. Good job, Dodo. (laughs) Meaning, in case you got lost, the ones you slept with before me. Let's count. The one you slept with at 14, 16, 17, 18. We're going, numbers going to go up because during these years, people get busy. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. I'm running out of fingers. You at 10. Already, you got a wife for every tribe. But ain't taking care of none of them. All right. Go to Malachi 2 and 14. I want to prove that a wife is a wife of a covenant. Read that, brother. Book of Malachi, chapter 2 and verse 14. Uh-huh. Yet ye say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Mm-hmm. Yet is she thy companion. And Yet the wife, she is thy companion. And what else? And the wife of thy covenant. The wife of thy agreement. <clears throat> The wife of thy documented agreement. What agreement? What what you so-called righteous man did you agree to do for this woman? Stroke her? 
sensually satisfy her? Because of that all, you're going to fail at doing that, my friend. Because one day, that little rod is going to become a twig. As a matter of fact, a very broken and immobile one. And then what will be the substance of your marriage? What's going to be so holy about your matrimony? Moving on. Our duty to household comes before our camp and protecting our nation because our home is our first nation. Now I know some brothers about to get mad, but I'm going to prove it with the scripture. Go to first Timothy chapter five and verse eight. <clears throat> you can't think about being in a camp and you got a hellacious and broken household. And what, let me, let me be clear what I mean. Not that you can't be a part of a camp, not that you can't be a brother. You don't need to teach. You don't need to read. You, your house has to be in order. You can't be running around here being capped in the streets and a coward at home. All right. First Timothy five and eight. Book of first Timothy chapter five and verse eight. Uh-huh. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Provision is not just monetary, my brothers. Provision in its simplest, simplest form is your ability to lead your family in the ways and the wills of the law of God. If you cannot lead them in righteousness, you can't lead other men. Because in order to lead other men, you're going to have to be a good husband so they can be good husbands. You're going to have to be a good father so they can be a good father. Now, I understand some men don't have children. But if you do have children, your children can't be hellions. Your children can't be just, I don't care what you say. Where's my grandma, boy? You better sit down before I give you something else to say. All right. First Maccabees chapter 3. In verse 52. Because there's a lot of brothers that, that will neglect their home and do everything for their camp. There are brothers who will neglect their wife, but will run when the brothers want to read the scripture. But the wife is dumb at home because she doesn't know. Because you're not leading her. But yet when she goes to the camp, guess what they tell her? Woman, learn in silence. Ask your husband. Mm. That nigga don't know. He ain't teaching me. Every time I ask, he do this. Well, see, uh, 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 shut up, woman. That all uh, is him not knowing. That all uh, is him not being able to be challenged. Him not being able to stand flat-footed in the doctrine and teach his wife. Read that. First Maccabees 3 and... 52. 52. And lo... The heathen are assembled together against us to destroy us. Mm -hmm. What things they imagined against us, thou knowest. Mm -hmm. And how shall we be able to stand against them, except thou, O God, be our help? We don't. Then sounded they with trumpets and cried with a loud voice. Mm -hmm. And after this, Judas ordained captains over the people, even captains over thousands and over hundreds, 
and over 50s and over 10s. Now watch this. But as for such as were building houses mm-hmm. or had betrothed wives mm-hmm. or were planting vineyards or were fearful, those he commanded that they should return every man to his own house according to the law. If you were building a house, if you had gotten a wife or you were you were proposed to be married to a woman or you were planning a vineyard or you were just a coward. The law said, go home. Uh (laughs) Provide for your home, man. Make sure your home is straight, man. Tobit chapter (laughs) 7. No, Deuteronomy 20 and 7. So like Deuteronomy 20 and 7. I mean, I, I don't have much to say. I love it when the scripture says all you need to say. That's it. But you know why brothers don't know that? <clears throat> they don't want to know. Because we have a desire to satisfy our flesh. We have a desire to seek out the scriptures, twist the scriptures, manipulate the scriptures, abuse the scriptures, and then abuse people with our abused knowledge. Read that, brother. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 20 and verse 7. Mm-hmm. And what man is there that hath betrothed a wife and have not taken her? If now, remember, to betroth a wife <clears throat> means that you are proposed to marry her you've entered into an agreement Mm -hmm. to be her future husband the scripture says what man hath betrothed a wife and hath not taken her meaning have not completed the process we don't let him go and return unto his house go back home lest he die in the battle Mm -hmm. and another man take her now if The Bible doesn't say. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> the point of the scripture is. The Lord cared so much about this future marriage. That he wanted to preserve the life of the man. So he could mature to the point to marry this woman. What does it mean to be in holy matrimony? It means to be in a marriage that is ordained by the Lord, that is complete, that is whole, that is righteous. All right. Tobit chapter 7 and verse 14. Moving expeditiously and prayerfully. Tobit chapter 7 and verse... 14. The book of Tobit, chapter 7 and verse 14. Uh huh. And called Etna his wife and took paper and did write an instrument of covenants and sealed it. For all you idiots that say, I don't need to document what I'm going to do, was our forefather Tobit a dummy was he just so cowardly that he would write on paper his true intention about a woman see the reality is there are a lot of men who have commitment issues some men think committing themselves did I send you that 
Some men think that committing themselves to a relationship means they must meet certain expectations. You're right, buddy. You are right. That's right. You are right. Men with commitment issues are afraid, and many of them are unwilling to change. You know why that brother doesn't want to get a marriage certificate, sister? Because he doesn't want to have to give an account for his mistreatment of you. These brothers are set in their ways and have lingering issues from past relationships or the lack thereof. Mommy issues, daddy issues, the lack of mommy and daddy or the overbearingness of mommy and daddy. See, brothers, this is what I understand. We're willing to sign contracts for things like transportation, housing, debt, but not our help me. Any man who does that is a man void of purpose and responsibility. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 3. So I just wanted to talk very briefly about a contract. About what it meant to be betrothed and be in covenant with a woman. Now I want to talk about how that covenant was never meant to be broken. Read that, brother. Verse 3. Start at 3. Book of Matthew, chapter 19 and verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Is it lawful... For a man to put away his wife for every cause. Now, here's the other thing. I just thought about this. If sex was marriage, how would the elders have known you were married if sex was just, if, if they was just having sex like right. that? Would they have to produce tokens of virginity? Would there be a marriage ceremony? Would there be a wedding chamber for you to do such things in? Or did you do it behind the bus? Or in the car? Anyways, the Bible says, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Read on. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? That he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. He made them what? Male and female, a pair. He never made them separate of each other. Read on. And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall and they twain shall be one flesh. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, there are no more twain, but one flesh. Mm -hmm. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. All right. Read on. All right. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? So they saying, well, if that was that, then why did Moses come up with divorce? If it was never intended to be broken, watch Yahweh's response. Read this. And he saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. 
whosoever marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. You know, <clears throat> the marriage covenant was never meant to be broken, was never meant to be severed. So what Christ is saying is if you take a piece of yourself, here's the, here's the crazy thing. You're taking a piece of yourself and signing a license for it to be in whoredom. And then you're causing your brother to sin because that person would probably sleep with them and then they become an adulterer. But then you want to call yourself righteous. But, the, but Yahweh said, say, you know why this exists? Because you are hard-headed. Yep. We don't know how to endure troubling times. So what do we tell the women to do? Shut up. Stop talking to me. We're going to deal with that in a little bit. All right. So there is an ideal that a woman is to be submitted. Right? Which is correct. Women, our women are to be submitted unto us as we are submitted unto the Lord. Is marriage equal? No. Is a woman on the same plane as a man? No. Does that mean that women don't have a voice? No. Does that mean that the wife cannot speak? No. Does that mean that the wife has to ask your permission to ask a question? No. What that means is, if you are living righteous, guess what? Before she asks anybody else that question, she's going to come to her husband. And you are going to teach her because you realize that's my job. All right. Proverbs 18.22. Let's roll. Proverbs 18.22. Book of Proverbs, chapter 18 and verse 22. Uh-huh. Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtain favor of the Lord. You find a wife, you find a good thing. You cannot treat that good thing like trash. And you obtain favor from the Lord. So if you ain't got no favor, guess what, brother? You don't pick a wife. You probably pick something else. All right. Proverbs 19, 14. All right. You, never mind. Read on, brother. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 14. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, mm -hmm. and a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife, a wife that will save you from the gluttony of your materialistic lusts. She's from the Lord. Brothers, I know <laughs> brothers like nice stuff. Only a woman would say, nah, we don't need that. Brothers be mad. I know it hurt, but she's saving your life. That's the Lord talking to you. <laughs> You might not realize, but that's the Lord speaking, right? All right. Proverbs 12 in verse 4. Book of Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. A virtuous woman, a righteous wife, a wife that understands her role and position and does it wonderfully, beautifully, and allows you to do it. Guess what? She is a crown unto you. And guess what? This good. crown doesn't need to be shined, although it's a very good thing, and these crowns do demand, in many cases, to be shined. <laughs> they shine themselves by being right. Have you ever seen a beautiful black 
woman be righteously submitted to her husband or every other man like i want a wife like her bro where you find her <laughs> hey man listen she got a sister <laughs> yeah she hey bro real, your real got a sister yeah but she ain't in the truth never mind brother never mind well she might be all right she from the same stop you know maybe maybe we get in the truth she'd be all right but the bible says she is a crown unto her husband read on but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones mm. meaning she's killing him <clears throat> she is a detriment to him all right moving on uh malachi chapter 2 and verse 10 so sometimes the type of woman of a man a the type of woman a man has is predicated by his behavior a wicked wife is given unto a wicked man i paraphrased i don't want y'all to think i was reading verbatim all right malachi go ahead and read it brother all right the book of malachi chapter 2 and verse 10 uh-huh have we not all one father have not one god created us mm -hmm. why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers why do we deal deceitfully dangerously unfaithfully disloyally and falsely against our brother in this covenant the covenant of our fathers the agreement of our fathers right verse 13 verse 13 mm -hmm. and this have you done again covering the altar of the lord with tears with weeping and with crying out mm -hmm. in so much that he regardeth not the offering anymore or receiveth it with good will at your hand uh-huh yet ye say wherefore because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth mm -hmm. against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. All right. All right. Now, I want you to jump down over to Numbers. Numbers chapter 30 and verse 3. <clears throat> We're going to go to Numbers chapter 30 and verse 3. So what we have to understand, brothers, is if you have a problem in your home and you feel like your wife is being treacherous, check yourself. If she's being treacherous, that treacherous spirit is probably allowed by you. It probably came in by you or the lack of you being there. All right. Numbers chapter 30 and verse three. Book of Numbers chapter 30 and verse three. If a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth. Mm -hmm. Verse six. All right. And if she had it all and husband. When she vowed or uttereth aught out of her lips, wherewith she bound her soul. All right. Verse 7. And her husband heard it and held his peace at her in the day that he heard it. Then her vows shall stand and her bonds wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. Verse 8. But if her husband disallowed her on the day that, she, that he heard it, then he shall make her vow which she vowed, that which she uttered with that she uttered with her lips wherewith she bound her soul and none effect and the Lord shall forgive her. So the point is that the father and the husband has the ability to nullify a vow um, of the woman. Okay. Meaning if the woman says, hey, I'm going to do this and the husband hears it and is like, no, 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 we can't do that. Then she has to submissively stand down. Now, what is that? What is, how do these things happen? A lack of communication. Not talking, because a lot of times, particularly in our community, 
We don't believe we have to ask our spouses. Hey, let me check with my wife and see if that's all right. It's a sign of cowardice. It's a sign of weakness. Let me check with my husband and see. Girl, my husband be all right. He knew who he married when he met me. See? 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 That's the problem right yeah. there. That's out of order. Brothers, how many times you just spent a lot of money in the bank account? Knowing good or well, you got to go home. Brothers stay out all day. Get home. Wife just sitting there like a mama with a belt. Just sitting there. Hey, babe. Hey. I need to go to the store. Now, a wicked brother ain't going to say nothing about the fact that ain't no money in the bank. But a righteous brother be like, yeah, babe, about that. Uh, kind of spent it. <laughs> now he in trouble, right? <laughs> All right. Let's jump um, to verse 11 real quick. Numbers 30 and 11. Mm-hmm. And her husband heard it and held his peace at her and disallowed her not. Mm-hmm. Then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. All right. Yes, verse 12. Verse 12. But if her husband hath utterly made them void on the day he heard them, then whatsoever proceedeth out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning the bond of her soul shall not stand. Mm-hmm. Her husband hath made them void, and the Lord shall forgive her. Verse 13. <clears throat> Every vow and every binding oath to afflict the soul, her husband may establish it or her husband may make it void. All right. So what this is saying is that the husband has the ability to establish and disallow a vow. I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 25 and verse 10. I want to show our brothers the beauty of a righteous wife and how even in our stupidity, this is what it meant. When it said, help me. Start at verse 10. First Samuel 25. 25 and 10. Yes, 25 and 10. Mm-hmm. And Nabal answered David's servant and said, who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. He mocked David. <coughs> who is David? This is the king. <laughs> niggas. See, only niggas that. do stuff like this. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> of importance. Who is yeah. this nigga? Who, who is he supposed to be? Who are you talking about? Have no idea who he's talking to. And guess what? If he does, he feels like, well, we men. He's supposed to... see that's the problem. Let, let me let me teach no you, brother, something about rank, respect, and authority. See, some of you brothers don't want to be a part of a camp because you have a problem calling another man a rank. Or even saying yes, sir. But you do it for the white man. Uh, the white man at your job will be a janitor. And if that white man say, hey, I need you to move that. Yes, sir. <laughs> but if, but if. Break it up. <laughs> but if an officer in the camp <laughs> says, brother, you need to be here on time. Man, who is you, man? You ain't nobody. Man, see, I don't need this. I'm going to go home. <laughs> what? What's wrong with But you going to listen to the janitor? <laughs> Over your own brother who's striving to be righteous in the truth, who's worked his way through knowledge, maturity, and practice to get the rank he has, and instead of respecting your brother, 
You disrespect your brother. All right, read on, brother. Read on. Verse 11. Verse 11. Shall I then take my bread and my water and mm-hmm. my flesh that I have killed for my, my shears and give it unto men who I know not whence they be? All right. So he's saying, listen, I'm just going to give y'all all this stuff. I don't know y'all. That's really what he's saying. I'm Basically. saying, nigga, because listen, that's really what he's saying. I don't know y'all like that. What I'm going to give y'all. This, see, this is the problem with Israel. The problem with Israel is we don't respect one another. You know why? Because we don't respect God. Read on. Verse 12. So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those sayings. Now, see, here's the thing, though. Here's, here's the thing. He said that to the young men. Right. Right. Thinking that they to, just going to, to the little homies. He said he said that to the soldiers. But it was the cap that told him to go. It was the minister that told him to go, the deacon, the bishop. They sent these brothers to the brother say, hey, brother, you need to be on time. And guess what? They're going to go back and give a report of your response to their command. Read on, brother. That was verse uh, yeah, that was 12. All right, 13. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword. And they girded on every man his sword. We're still talking about marriage. Read on. And David also girded on his sword. So and now David said, all right, all y'all, let's go. We riding out. <laughs> Won't be disrespectful. I'm teaching something. Y'all gotta remember, David was a David was one of those what they say. David was the opposite of a lover in a fight. You know, the brother said, "I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover." No, David was a fighter all the way. <laughs> David was gonna be ready to strap whenever. Read on. All right. <clears throat> and there went up after David about four hundred men and two hundred abode by the stuff. Listen, David. <laughs> Listen, it's right. funny. It's funny because. One man disrespects David. He both. <laughs> David ride deep with 400. Read on, bro. Uh, verse 14. But one of the young men told Abigail, the boss' wife, saying, mm-hmm. Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. So one of the young dudes, one of the young dudes was like, Hey, hey, ooh, we in trouble now. Our master done messed up. <clears throat> All right, that's verse 13. Verse 14? Yeah, no, that was verse 14. Read verse 15, brother. Verse 15. Mm-hmm. But the man were very good unto us, and we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything as long as we were up. Conservant. As long as we were conservant with them when we were in the fields. Meaning as long as they minded their right. business. As long as they responded with respect, they were fine. They weren't bothered. They, he's just, these young men are saying, listen, they was good to us. They didn't do nothing wrong to us. But John, something wrong with him. Jump down to verse 23. Verse 23. Mm-hmm. When Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground. Mm-hmm. Read on. And fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let this iniquity be, and let thy handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Mm-hmm. Let not my Lord, I pray thee, Regard this man of Belial, Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, thy handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. Verse 26. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, 
And as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself thine own hand, now let thine enemies that they seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. So this woman calls her own husband a fool. Because that's his name. His name was fool. So this woman, who you ignorant Negro, would have told her, stay in your place, woman, stay home, saved his his life. life. She goes and risks her own life. Because understand this. You don't just go before the king. You have to be invited before the king. But she goes before him and falls at his feet and says, listen, my husband is a fool. He didn't mean it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please, whatever you do, whatever you say, we'll do. But please don't kill us. Please don't kill us. Because David wasn't coming to take out one man. David was going to come through there like a tornado and set that city on fire. All right. Jump down to verse 32. Watch David's response. Verse 32. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. Mm -hmm. And blessed be thy advice. And blessed be thou, which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood, and from avenging myself with my own hand. For in in very deed... Jump down to verse 35. 35. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him, and said unto her, Go up in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice and have accepted thy person. Mm. Think about that. <clears throat> now, verse 30, the story goes on. She doesn't tell Nabal anything about what happened. <laughs> she keeps it to herself. Why? Because she understands her husband is a fool. If she would have told this idiot, I saved your life, Man. guess what he would have did? Been more prideful. No, Oh, who you think you is, you stupid woman? And this woman would have not gotten. She wouldn't have. She already wasn't appreciated, but she would have been even less appreciated by this man who, at that moment, he had some feet to rub. If that makes sense, he had some foot rubs to do, some back rubs to do, some bubble baths to run. He had a lot of making it right to do. Because this woman saved his life. And some of you brothers, because your matrimony is not holy, because you are wicked, because you are not righteous, you believe that the woman is only designed to shut up, have babies, clean the house, don't get in none of your affairs. But if this righteous sister didn't get in his business, he would have died as a fool. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that the woman belongs in all of our business. I'm not saying that the woman should be part of every conversation. But what I am saying is, brothers, if your wife gives you wisdom on a thing, at least be willing to hear her and count it as advice. Because what did David say? I have heard your advice. David heard a woman who wasn't his wife, who, by the way, later on in the story, became his wife. First Peter chapter three and verse one. We're going to stop here. Not at verse one, but give my point. Peter three and three and one. Yep. Mm -hmm. The book of first Peter, chapter three and verse one. Likewise, ye wives, 
Be in subjection to your own husbands. Be in subjection to your own husbands. Let me be clear. What this means is that your husband is Lord over you. Before any other man, your husband is Lord over you. Now, I want to be clear when I say this. If your husband is wicked, he is still your Lord. But the Lord precedes him. Meaning... Never mind. I don't I don't want to get into that deep of a topic. Read on, brother. All right. So likewise, you wives being subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So what is that saying? What that's saying is if a wife is a good wife, she has she's going to have a way of talking to her husband that if he's not obedient to the word, he's going to be obedient to her. What does that mean? Women have a way of coercing men that sometimes no other thing can do that. That's just what the Bible is kind of saying. Read on. Verse 2. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adoring let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair. When the Bible talks about chaste conversation, it's talking about your pure, uncorrupted conversation. Verse 3. Read that again. I'm sorry. Whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair, or of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel. Now, see, some brothers read this and say, oh, see, you can't wear jewelry, you can't wear this. That's not what the Bible is saying. What the Bible is talking about is making yourself a spectacle. <clears throat> now, I'm going to use this. You ever seen those sisters in the church? They dress to the nines, flamboyant, but their husband is conservative. Let me say this, sisters. Just as an aside to you, you should always match and compliment your husband's swag. Does that make sense? And if you don't got none, help the brother get some. But you should never outshine him. Because what happens? And this is why a lot of our brothers go to white sisters. Because the white sister, she ain't going to outshine him. She's going to look just as raggedy and as dirty as she always looks. Now. She gonna make sure he look good. Why? Cause she already black, so he already down. So now she got to make he look even better just to be accepted by those she gonna be around, right? But what I'm the point of what I'm saying is we out we have to get to a place where we become compliments. Read on, verse four. <clears throat> but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, mm-hmm. even the ornament of the meek. And the quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. All right. So the Lord is saying, listen, instead of putting on all that other stuff, put on my spirit, put on my character, put on my attributes. Let me be very clear, sisters. Clothes and jewelry don't make you beautiful. Your character, your attitude is what make you of, of, of the word escapes me, attractive Mm -hmm. to a man. That is what draws a man's attention to you. Because you can be as pretty as you want, but if you ugly on the inside, he ain't dealing with you. Read on, brother. Verse 5. For after this manner in the old time, the holy woman also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. All right. They did what? Adorned themselves, being in subjection. So their adorning was their their subjection to their husband. I'm going to get somewhere in a minute. Read on. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. It ain't nothing wrong 
See, see, this is the problem with some of y'all, y'all sisters. I ain't calling him Lord. Why? You better than Sister Abraham? I mean, Sister Sarah. Sarah? You better than Sarah? You better than uh, <laughs> who is that? Rachel, Rebecca. You better. You better than them <laughs> sisters. You better than the Queen of Sheba, and even she called Solomon king. But you got a problem with calling no, that black man king, but then you'll call a white man, sir. Read on, brother. So even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Dwell, husbands, dwell, men, dwell dwell means to stay with them according to knowledge that means sometimes brother you have to walk that teaching out you got to take some time and teach them read on giving honor unto the wife giving honor you know what that means and listen brothers i'm gonna say this the wife is a crown unto the husband as a man takes knowledge from here and puts it on his I was going to do this But puts it on his wife Guess what She is now going to become A living manifestation Of the knowledge that you are giving her And she is going to become An honor to you Read on Alright So likewise ye husbands dwell with them According to knowledge Giving honor unto the wife As unto the weaker vessel mm -hmm. And as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. If you don't teach your wife, you can't pray. That's right. The Bible clearly says your prayers will be hindered if you don't dwell with your wife according to knowledge. The Bible also says as unto the weaker vessel. You know why you got to dwell with them? Because they, are, they don't have the right to learn the same way we do. And what I mean by that is, and I want to be clear. Because I know there's doctrine going around and men, women can't pray. You're an idiot if you teach somebody that. you got to be one of the stupidest people I ever heard of in my life. I don't have time to rail as, as many intelligent insults as I want to <laughs> towards your stupidity today. But I want to let you know, if you are going around teaching sisters that they do not have the ability to pray, find the street and stand in it until common sense hits you. Verse 8. Verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, uh -huh. having compassion one of another. Mm -hmm. Love as brethren. Mm -hmm. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Mm -hmm. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Verse 10. Salaki. <clears throat> For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Right. All right. Give me um give me first Thessalonians five and twenty one. So today, brothers and sisters, I wanted to spend a few time in showing us what holy matrimony looked like. A holy marriage is a marriage where communication is free. Where submission is respect, where honor is given, where duty is performed, and where righteousness is upheld. A holy matrimony 
is one that begins with an agreement with God. That agreement is extended to the wife and it is carried out all the days of your life. It is not the absence of agreement. It is not the absence of responsibility. It is not the absence of common sense. However, it is quite the contrary. So what are we saying? Read that. The book of First Thessalonians, chapter 5 and verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. My prayer for our sisters is that we prove all things. There are many sisters who do not abide with a camp, who do not abide with an assembly or congregation, and do not have righteous leaders, righteous men in their life. You may have men, you may have fathers, you may have brothers, you may have uncles, but you don't have righteous ones, ones who are in the law, ones who have shown and demonstrated the ability to righteously divide the word of God. You need those brothers in your life, especially if you say you are in this truth. I want to be the first to tell you all of Israel ain't righteous. And there are some who are out to manipulate, who are out to gainsay, who are out for ego stroking. Now, let me just be clear about holy saints and apostles. We don't do that here. That's not what we do. As the minister brought out last week, our responsibility is the Lord's responsibility to love on Israel, to prepare Israel for what's coming, to educate Israel, not just spiritually, but civically as well. I pray that we dwell in holy matrimony, not just with one another, but with the most high, which is the only way you're going to be able to dwell in holy matrimony. So one day soon, I'll do a rant about all the rest of these false doctrines, but I ain't going to do that today. It's a lot of them out there. But I pray that you all were edified. I pray that you all were blessed. I pray that this this lesson finds you all in a good spirit. And if it doesn't, fix your face, fix your spirit, and live right. And until next time, we say, Shalom. Shalom.